Christ. How can we know him? Where and when can we know him? In today's gospel, we are being asked to confront this great question that the, the New Testament puts to us. The question that Dietrich Bonhoeffer famously stated, who is Jesus Christ for us today? It's the question that Jesus puts to his disciples. Who do you say that I am? In Matthew's gospel, God's voice is heard. This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Those are the words from his baptism. When he came up out of the waters of the Jordan River, where his cousin John the Baptist had baptized him, the heavens opened, the Spirit of God came upon him. And we hear those words again in today's gospel. The voice from heaven affirming Jesus' divine identity. That's who he is. He is divine. But now God adds these urgent words. This is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. That is, obey him. That's who he is. He is the one that we will obey in our lives, his commandments. As Matthew's, Matthew's gospel recounts, Jesus was on the journey to Jerusalem and the cross. This is near the end of his ministry. The baptism is the beginning of his ministry. And as he walked along with his disciples, he continued teaching them that in obedience he must do certain things. He must be obedient to God in his mission. He must go to Jerusalem. He must undergo great sufferings. He must be killed. And on the third day he will be raised. This is his identity. This is who he is. This is his choice. This, as the Son of God, he will do. As we move into the season of Lent, we more deeply become aware of this. And six days earlier, he asked his disciples that question, Who do you say that I am? Clearly, it's important to Jesus that he be known to his disciples. He was depending a lot on them. Peter had answered, You are the Christ. The Son of the living God, Jesus of Nazareth, Christ Messiah, that's who he is. He is all of those things. He is the one sent by God to free us from the power of sin so that God's power may help us live our best lives. And today we learn a lot about God's power, don't we, in the gospel reading. Jesus walking on the road to Jerusalem, he pauses and leads three disciples up the mountain, and there on the mountain Jesus is transfigured before them. Transfigured meaning he was changed into glory, changed gloriously. His appearance was as if the sunshine. He clothed with a transcendent glory reserved for heavenly beings. That's who he is. His face shone, his clothes became dazzling white, the brightness of his appearance reflects his righteousness and reflects a nearness to the kingdom of God. He who is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is now transfigured before his disciples. He's seen speaking to Moses and Elijah, thus confirming that he continues and fulfills God's work. That's his name. He continues and fulfills God's work represented by the Old Testament. The bright heavenly cloud of God's presence overshadowed them and a voice came from the cloud. 
God spoke from God spoke to the disciples using the same words as baptism, confirming the identity and mission of Jesus. Clearly it's important to God that we know who Jesus is. That we know God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So he is his only son. Who is the perfect image of God. Do you want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. He is the perfect image of God. Whose life and ministry, death and resurrection reveal that God is love. Although he is the son of God, Jesus is baptized for the will of God, as a servant of God. That's who he is. Obedient even to the self-giving of the cross. He is our Savior and our Redeemer. As at Jesus' baptism, so do in his transfiguration. These are the same words. My beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. But there again, the urgent words, listen to him. Although there are three transcendent figures, Elijah, Moses, and Jesus, the heavenly voice charges the disciples to hear Jesus, that is, to obey him. Jesus' commandments are what we obey. That's who he is. The voice drives the frightened disciples from down to the ground. Terror. That's how people reacted before the Lord in the Old Testament. But seeing the disciples overwhelmed by the presence and voice of God, here comes identification as to who he is. Jesus comes to them. Jesus is the one who comes. Jesus is the one who reaches out his hand. Jesus touches them and reassures them. That's who he is. Jesus' hand on their shoulders is God's own touch. For God in Jesus is love. Get up and do not be afraid, he said to the three frightened disciples. And they looked up, and they saw no one but Jesus himself. Moses and Elijah depart. Jesus stays. Jesus alone. Time in your life. And that's going to be true for you too, if you already has been. Jesus stays. Jesus alone. No heavenly companions now, no shining glory. Jesus is the reality of God's lasting presence among us. That's who he is, God's lasting presence among us. His very name is Emmanuel, God with us. God who made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. God whose greatness is so vast that not even universes can contain it. God whose we are is so magnificent that God is willing to come among us to reach out, to touch us, and to still our fears. When we're overwhelmed, when events knock us to our knees, down to the floor, God and Jesus reaches out to you saying, get up, don't be afraid. God often comes to us gently and quietly, so we may draw near and not be afraid. That's his name, draw near and not be afraid. Peace, forgiveness, loving acceptance. This is the story of what God has done for humanity in the event of Jesus Christ. Jesus and the disciples then come back down the mountain to the world and the chaos that was awaiting them in Jerusalem and was awaiting the disciples beyond Jerusalem in building up the early church. 
The Transfiguration affirms Jesus' divinity, but it also begins to give the disciples eyes to see God's light and what lies ahead of them. In our sorrows and in our joys, our challenge is to see God's light, always here for us, in and with Jesus, who is the light of the world. And our challenge is to see that light in ourselves, for God is with us. We have a baptism today. We have two, Andy and William. And I have a message for Andy and William as we gather for their baptisms. Andy directly and William through his parents and godparents. Remember who you are, you child of God. Remember whose you are. You are to be marked as Christ's own forever. Know that by your baptism, you, Andy, and you, William, have everything you need to live the life to which God has called you. Know that Jesus has shown his goodness and glory, and Jesus calls you to follow him. Knowing how promising your life really is, God has made promises. Eternity as his child, purpose and meaning forever, a life changed by the power of God's Holy Spirit that lives in you, sharing divinity with you. My prayer for you, William and Andy, and for all God's people is this, that your life be formed in the shape of God's lavish place, God's love, mercy, joy, justice, kindness, hope, and that your life is one of grateful and gracious service. Your heart overflowing with gratitude for God's steadfast love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.